0: Our scripture reading for today comes from John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. All right, good morning. Oh wait. Um hey, good morning. Uh my name's Dave. I'm a pastor here. I figured um, you know, Father's Day should do a little dad joke like thing, right? Um keep us all honest. But um I uh yeah, just um want to introduce myself again. My name's Dave. If if you're new or you've never heard me preach before, um I have a stutter and it'll kind of come in and out as I go as I preach. And so I want to make sure that you know what that is. And um, as I just said, just kind of out of the gates there, I want to wish you all a happy Father's Day. Um, As we say often in different times, this is a time of celebration for some, a time of difficulty for some, for most of us, probably some of each. And um, I I just want to, again, though, hope and pray that all of us this morning, our hearts are turned toward Jesus and um, that through him, we get to have relationship with our Creator, and, and we get to call him Father. And so, my hope is that, that that good news will will shape all of us in our time together this this morning. And so, um, a couple things I want to make us all aware of uh, before we get into our, our our time together in the sermon is that um, this summer we're going to be walking through um, a couple of different things. That each summer we typically do. Um, what we call like summer book and movie clubs. And these are times to get together in different ways and circle around a book and some different subject and things like that, and to talk and and to learn and to grow and to grow closer to each other. Well, um, this summer, obviously we're in very different times on so many fronts. And what we're gonna be doing is as a church formally, um, we have one book and one movie, if you will. It's kind of a, a series that we're encouraging us to get around and to talk through. And so the book is a book called Be the Bridge by Latasha Morrison. And I've gone through that book with um, some others and some other folks in our church have. And it's a great, um, I'll almost call it like an on-ramp. It's a great way to engage in conversation, specifically regarding race and, and what it means to be the reconciled people of God through faith in Jesus. And it's a really helpful um, book to to help um, answer some questions, engage in some questions, to be known, to understand others, to know one another, and it's um it's it's an, it's an early um, way to kind of begin or enter into a different. Levels the conversation regarding who we are as reconciled people of God. So I really encourage you to sign up for those, okay? You'll see that through emails and different things like that. And then there's a video series called Undivided, and it's an incredible opportunity to, again, it's a similar thing, but it's more you watch a movie, which is a a great panel of people who walk through different things, and then um, you answer some questions and, again, circle around that conversation together. So um, I really hope and trust that through these next couple of months, the Lord will really use um, this time to grow us and to shape us as as his people. Amen? All right. Well, now as we get into our our time um, this morning, we're in in a unique sermon this morning. It's going to be kind of a standalone, and we're looking at the one another's, and there are multiple, and we'll dive into some, there are multiple places throughout the Old and New Testament where God calls us to relate with one another in certain ways. And this time that we're in, I think we could use stopping, slowing down, and considering how we're called to relate with one another as God's people. And then next week, just a a heads up, we'll be diving into a new series, which we'll be in as far as we can get. Um, We're going to walk through the minor prophets. And so we're just going to begin next week with Hosea, and we'll go from there. We're going to do one book each week. So we're looking forward to what God has in store there. So church, would you um, gather with me together and and pray as we get into our, our time in God's word? Heavenly Father, we do thank you that we can gather as your people this morning. Lord, thank you that um, though the grass withers and the flower fades, the word of our God endures forever. And I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, um, filling my heart, flowing from my mouth, and, and most clearly and most powerfully coming from your word. And Lord, that you, again, by that same spirit, will Open all of our hearts and ears and eyes to receive your word and what it looks like for us to be your people. Lord, how do we relate with one another? We have horrible examples all around us. And so I pray and trust that you, Lord, will do a work in us, informing us for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, my dad is a kisser. Um, I don't know how many of you can relate with this, but my dad is one of those people that will kiss you. Um, My mom, too, if you've ever met my mom, pretty quickly when she meets you, um, she'll plant one right there on your cheek. And um, uh, if you're super close, it might even be on your mouth. But um, uh, my dad grew up um, in a home that was not like that, was not necessarily very affectionate. In fact, my grandfather, my dad's dad, I can only remember hugging a few times and yet um, we would normally shake hands and things like that. And yet my dad, though he was in the military, then he was a police officer, then he was like a burly woodsman and chopped wood and sold that wood. And then he was a construction worker for like 30 years. So all those, and you look at me and you might picture one thing with my dad. My dad's over six feet tall. He's a big guy. and, And yet he'd plant one on you. Again, he'd kiss um, his friends, even his fellow construction workers. They'd kiss each other on the cheek. I remember seeing this, and my family's a bunch of kissers. My older brothers um, will kiss me on the cheek, and, and, and I'm, I don't know if I'm all there, to be honest with you. I'm the guy that, like, when someone comes up behind you and starts giving you, like, a back rub, I don't know if you ever experienced that. I'm the kind of person that they're, like, trying to relax you, and my wife cracks up because I'm like, hey, thanks, like, was, thanks for that. You know, it's, I, some I kind of tend to tense up, but I'm growing and uh, I'm thankfully really affectionate with my kids. Um, and I just encourage all of us dads on Father's Day to be affectionate, to show affection in our homes, um, again, in our culture, in whatever way that looks appropriate, but to push through some barriers, um, to, you know, kiss our sons and our daughters on the head or on the cheek, and just to show love. And that's actually a really biblical picture. As we consider these one another's that God calls us to, one of these that maybe jumps into your mind is this command to what? Greet one another with a holy kiss, all right? So my dad, even before putting his faith in Jesus, was honoring that scripture. He's greeting everyone with A holy kiss. Well, what does that mean, right? What's the surface value? um, What's the the under-the-surface message that God would call his people to greet one another in this way? Well, there's one um, prominent pastor and theologian with the gospel coalition um, spells it out like this. He says, Paul tells the church four times, the Romans, the Corinthians, the Thessalonians, to greet one another with a holy kiss, And Peter says to greet one another with a kiss of love. They are saying, take the physical familial expression of endearment and use it in a way that is holy to express your love for one another. So church, let me ask this question of us this morning. What does it look like to relate with one another with familial endearment? right? We don't, the, the, the idea is not just the service. Okay, well, you got to kiss each other. Hey guys, this you know, isn't your excuse? Like, hey God, the Bible says to, sorry, I got to do this, right? Like, no, like what does God mean when he calls us to greet one another in such a way that expresses familial endearment to one another, All right? How, how do we fail to do that? How, how do we, where do we get that wrong. I think in this season that we're in right now, again, the last few months from COVID, right? We were entering into 2020 thinking the election's coming, the election's coming. Well, that's still months away and it's around the corner, but man, we didn't expect these other opportunities for us to engage with one another in some pretty broken ways, right? From COVID-19 to talking about race and racism and how we relate with one another. And and I think it's revealed something about us. I think we've been exposed. Okay. Jesus says in um, Luke chapter six, these are Jesus's words. He says, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. What's in our heart reveals how we speak. How we relate with one another reveals rather what is in our hearts. If it's there, it will come out. If it comes out, it reveals what's there. Hey, um, a, a theologian, um, a, someone I actually referred to last week, Charles Octavius Booth, a former slave, and then used the remainder of his years teaching um, God's word and, 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 and shaping God's people in his, and in his really helpful systematic theology book um, that I've been pouring through over the last few weeks, um, he talks about this idea of what happens when your heart has been born again right? Regenerate, made new, and how that will flow out of our mouths. And he talks about how people relate with one another. So let me read something that he shared. He says this, Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. There are persons who seem to walk through the world day by day, always finding somebody or something to rouse their angry feelings and always, by emphatic expression for their angry feelings, stirring up discord and strife as they pass along. Christian, is this you? Okay, let's pause for a moment. Just like we did in our time of confession, lay our hearts bare before the Holy Spirit and ask. Ask him to reveal, is this what I might be known for? Am I someone who is um, walking away, walking around, finding somebody or something to rouse my angry feelings? Am I quick to speak quick to anger? Am I quick to assume I know where someone is coming from and just jump right on it? Am I always by emphatic expression for my angry feelings, stirring up discord and strife as I pass along? Is that me? if someone were to look at my social media interactions? Uh, something that came to mind for me is this, and I was actually in a conversation earlier this week, and the idea came up, what would happen if some of the dialogues that take place on social media were going on in our church lobby? What, what would happen if we were to walk into the church lobby and, and two or three or four people even from our church who are interacting in certain ways, we're having a conversation, all the emojis and exclamation points and underlines and bolds were were now expressed in in, in physical language and expression and mannerisms. What would we think? Would I as a pastor just walk right by and be like, oh, (laughs) there they are again, you know, move right? No, like we would probably be like astounded, saddened. What what is revealed right now in this season we're in about how we relate with one another? Again, what is in our hearts will be revealed and how we relate with one another. And he picks up this quote to talk about what it ought to look like for those of us who have been born again, who have been given new hearts, new lenses, new language for how we relate with one another. There are others who seem to bear about with them an atmosphere of calmness and tranquility. If they come into the midst of a tumultuous company of angry people, the tones of their voice as they speak and the words that they utter seem to act on the excited people As oil on the troubled waves. They soon sink down and there is a great calm. Church, Christian, follower of Jesus, this is the kind of people God calls us to be. If we have put our faith in Christ and are then filled with His Holy Spirit, He means for us to be the embodiment of His calming good news. Yes, speaking prophetically into areas of brokenness. Yes, calling out sin in our brothers and sisters in Christ, especially. But in such a way that reflects these many one another's that he talks about and calls us to. Let me read another passage for us in Romans chapter 12, in verse 9. This is the call of how we are to relate with one another. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful, like lazy, in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. There's this call, there's this picture there, right? He says, serve the Lord. Well, extending brotherly and sisterly affection toward one another, loving one another is serving the Lord. Again, let me ask you this question. I know this might be difficult for us, but at the end of the day, God, do I really care about serving you, about honoring you, about living on your mission, Well, if the answer to that is yes, and I hope and expect for most of us, the answer is yes, then we need to understand how we relate with one another is directly connected to whether or not we are serving and or honoring our Lord. So now church, I'm going to walk through this list of one another's. Okay, this is something I found on, it's not an exhaustive list, but it's a long list. Okay, I'm going to read through about over 30 of these one another's that we're called to and how we're called to relate with one another. And here's to help set that, set that tone, set our expectation for what this is. The word one another is derived from the Greek word uh, leilon, and it means one another, each other, mutually, reciprocally. It occurs all over the place, teaching us how to relate with one another and how not to relate with one another. And so with that in mind, even if you're able, um, perhaps even close your eyes or again, lay your heart bare before the Lord. As I read through this list and consider, God, is this how I relate with brothers and sisters in Christ? The first one, Love one another, right? I just read it there in Romans 12. It's also in John chapter 13. That was the scripture reading that we, we read. That one occurs at least um, over 15 times. Love one another. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Build up one another. Be like-minded toward one another, accept one another, admonish one another, greet one another, care for one another, serve one another. Church, is this us? Bear one another's burdens, forgive one another, be patient with one another. Speak the truth in love. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Submit to one another. Consider others better than yourselves. Church, is this us? Is that our first flinch when challenged? Look to the interests of one another. Bear with one another teach, comfort, encourage, exhort one another, stir up one another to love and good works, show hospitality to one another, employ the gifts that God has given us for the benefit of one another, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, pray for one another, confess your faults to one another. Church, is this us? As the outside watching world, those who are not yet born again, those who are not the people of God, would their understanding of how we relate with one another and with others in general look like this list? Well, here's a handful of the things, the negative one another's, if you will. Do not lie to one another, Stop passing judgment on one another. If you keep on biting and devouring one another, you'll destroy each other. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Do not slander one another. Don't grumble against each other. Church, is that list more similar to how we relate with one another in our homes, in our social media relationships? when we're in person and how we talk about others and how we relate with each other as a family. Um, Author Ray Ortland says this about these things, the lovely gospel of Jesus positions us to treat one another like royalty. Hear me on this. And every non gospel, which is any other approach, every non gospel positions us to treat one another like dirt. When we mistreat one another, our problem is not a lack of surface, niceness, but a lack of gospel depth. What we need is not another is not only better manners, but far more true faith. Then the watching world might start feeling that Jesus himself has come to town genuine real faith. We don't just need to slap on a smile and pretend and do better and try harder and, right? Like, I just need to be a nicer person. I know, it's hard for me. You don't know my background. You don't know where I... No, what we need is genuine regeneration. We need the gospel to take such deep root in our hearts. We need the Holy Spirit to fill us so that now the fruit that is born through our lives, through our words, through our interactions, through our relationship, reflects our savior who's given us new life through faith in him. Amen. What would it look like for us to relate with each other like this? Again, from the scripture reading in John chapter 13, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Church, do you long for people to see and glorify Jesus? We say we exist for Jesus's glory and the good of Tucson. What would it look like for people to see our relationship with one another, our familial endearment toward each other in such a way that demanded an explanation, that someone who sits on this side of the political aisle and someone who sits on this side of the political aisle come together and relate with one another, uh, come around the Lord's table so shaped by, by, by his, his gentle and consistent and humble and self-sacrificing love toward us that we now extend that toward one one another. That would demand an explanation. Would the watching world not say, "Whoa, Jesus has come to town. Tell me more about this Jesus. You look different. Church, will you join me in longing to be this kind of people? Now, as is always the case, our eyes have to go to Jesus, and not just as the example for us to follow, right? pull yourself up by your bootstraps again. Try to be nicer. Try to dig down. WWJD, just look at Jesus. Try to be more like him. No, what? He is not only our example, he is the engine through which and only through him can we live this life that we're called to. Only by his transforming grace, only by his gospel can we extend love to one another, which we would otherwise not do. Right? When punched in the face we come back with two fists up right when 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 slandered we come back with a little bit more bite a little bit more edge and yet jesus in all his privilege didn't consider what he had something to be grasped but he gave it up and so because of what he has done for us now through his gospel we are able to live this life that he's called us into we can't skip over the gospel. We can't skip over what Jesus did for us, what we could and never would do for ourselves, what we could not and would not do for ourselves. So in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19 through 21, we see this shared so clearly. We love, not because we try harder, not because we're nicer people, not because mommy and daddy taught us to, no, we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he, ha- whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. We can love one another because he has first loved us. Amen? Redemption Tucson, again, what would it look like for us to be so shaped by Jesus's love for us that we live out these one another's together in such a way that it demands an explanation? What would it look like for us to respond to Jesus's love shown toward us in such a way that we actually live as a holy people, a set apart people? Again, hopefully we recognize our examples that we get from everywhere else, from news media, from Facebook, from every other from any other gospel, from any other kingdom, from any other message. It says, this is how you relate with one another. This is how you should defend yourself. It's not going to result in this, but if we cling to Jesus and him alone and his gospel alone, we will be a set apart people that demands an explanation where we love one another because he has first loved us. Let's pray together. Lord, we need you. We need you so desperately. Lord, we know that you have done a work in us. Lord, we pray that you will do a work through us and for us. God, we pray that we will grow in love and that right now, even in this time of response, it will be because we see your love for us more clearly. Lord, we pray that those who need to be encouraged will be encouraged. Those of us who need to be convicted will be convicted. Lord, again, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, through your word preached, Lord, that you will transform us to be a holy, set-apart people, revealing your glory, revealing your gospel in and through how we relate with one another. It's in your name we pray. Amen.